Um, all right, we're back for another hour of the Chicken Liquor Hour. Uh, you already know we got Dr. Clark, uh, Dr. Clark in the building, returning, returning, returning guests. It's, it's been a it's been a little while since you've been on here, hasn't it? What the what was the last one we talked about? You the last one, right? Yeah, it was when we just talked about sports the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, that's, one. that's the one I posted, and uh, Jan was like, "Oh wow, for real, no invite. I never get invited to the pool." It's true. <laughs> My bad, bro. You be you seem busy. You just don't ask me, bro. You seem busy. You got like a boyfriend and like friends and a job and stuff. Don't you have those things too? I don't have a boyfriend. Well, but you have everything else. He doesn't have friends either. Oh shit, that's right. <laughs> I just have a job. <laughs> <laughs> you were born to do only one thing. Yeah, I can't do so. If I'm gonna have friends, I have to quit my job. I can't just be doing all of these things at once. Uh, but we got Jan in the building. <laughs> we got Jan, <laughs> young Jan in the building. Uh, Jan was on one of my earlier podcasts like years ago when she decided to tell us about this dream she had. Oh my God, I <laughs> forgot about that. Which oh was funny God. is that's still one of my top five most listened to episodes. You're fucking lying. No lie. I was just looking at the analytics the other day, and that's still, I think it's number four most listened to episode. Oh, my God. We're making numbers. It was just called Janice's Nightmare. That's the <laughs> episode. And it was legit. Pretty much, it was like 40 minutes of her just talking about this nightmare she had. Oh, my God. Wait. Well, I remember when we recorded that, too. We were in your fucking, we were in your office. And we we? Your, yeah, we had your tiny fucking, like, microphone that you used to carry around. Yep. I remember that. Like I'm sitting in your guest chair and I'm just like holding it up to my face. I do. I saw, I, I remember you holding it up to your face and real small. But for some reason, I pictured you in my living room doing that though. I don't know why. Because you're a creep. <laughs> well, I'm glad to have you here. <laughs> Thank you, jackass. Um, so my first segment, I always like to start off with uh, minimize your fucks. Basically, where are you mentally? How are you minimizing the amount of fucks you're giving out and staying sane? Um, Jane, we'll start with you. Me? Yes. Okay. Um, mentally, I'm just like fucking exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> and to deal with that, I'm trying to sleep more. <laughs> how many, how many, what's your average hours of sleep a night? Um, I'm going to have to say around like, six that's pretty much how much i've averaged for like the last six or seven years i want to become a person that gets eight hours of sleep i want to be that person i don't know how though yeah i know it's like not even like the sleep aspect of it it's the social aspect because like i so i work on california time so i work from 10 to 7 oh lord yeah which is like what 11 to 8 your time and so when i wake up in the morning I don't wake up in the morning. So I wake up like at 9.45 and then I log on and like half the days I'm like working at home and then half the days I'm working in the office. But um, I get off at seven and then by the time like I'm off, everybody's already out. And then like, I just want to sit back at home and not do anything for like an hour. But then by then everyone's like going home. So I don't get to see anybody. I barely get to sleep. And that's pretty much my life right now. That sounds exciting. It sounds fucking horrible. What are you talking about? <laughs> because you said you get off at like seven. 
Yeah. So technically, I'll be, it's still working. <laughs> I'll shoot. I'll be leaving the office at like 2 30. Well, I'll be getting. Yeah. I leave the office and go to the gym and I'm, I'm pretty much getting home. I'm getting home when everyone else is getting off of work and going to the gym. So when I'm leaving the gym at like 4 30, 5 o'clock, I'm seeing all the people starting to come in and it feels so good. That's because I have so much freedom where I work. So like, I love it. But like when you leave the office, it's like you get to do things that you could do in your free time because you don't have actual work that you need to do. But then when right. I get home, it's like I open up my laptop and I have like 30 more emails. Yeah, I have a different type of job where I can tell them that, hey, when I leave the office, when I leave campus, I leave work there. Now, every once in a while, like my students know they can call me if something's an emergency, but the emergencies are different. If they're like, hey, the projector's not working, this group says they really need it, you think I should move them somewhere? It's just something, it's stuff like that that I can handle in two or three minutes at that. But they know I'm not checking emails when I leave campus or on weekends at all. I do not check emails at all. If it's an emergency, just text my phone, but I can leave work at work. And so that's the good part about my job yeah, as well. So, but, but hey, guy, you work a job that you make more money than most of us. So you got to put up with the bullshit. Yeah, but like, I think the reason why I'm so mad about it is because I'm literally working like a desk job in a cubicle in like a um, white space. And I mean like white, like people. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it sucks. I mean like, dude, even like in fucking Slack when they try to like make things interesting, they're like, hey, what are you guys listening to today? I'm listening to like this version of this song that Kelly Clarkson sang. Oh my gosh. I mean, how the fuck am I supposed to follow that up? <laughs> whatever the fuck I actually listen to. <laughs> I'm just reported to HR. <laughs> well, all day at work today. So the students, they we have speakers in our student center in the uh, like comments area. So the people who work our desk, they get to control the music. And that's like one big thing that people love about working there is they get to control the music and stuff. So students will come up to the desk and it was like, hey, is that your playlist? And the students get so excited. Like, yeah, this is my playlist. They're like, wow, that's a really good playlist. I love the music. And so I've had people interview where they're like, well, I've heard that you all get to control the music. I really, I really want to be able to do that one day. But one student today, he was playing nothing but Selena for like three hours straight. He just played Selena. And it was funny because older white people would come down. It was like, oh my God, Selena. But all the young white people was like, who? So, so it showed, it wasn't even about like culturally like race or anything with that. That was more about generation because all the older people, no matter what race they were, they knew some Selena though. So I, we don't, I don't have to deal with much of that, the Kelly Clarkson. I deal with so many of the students listen to K-pop. Oh, no. And, oh, my God. Like, this age, because it's an age group of now my students are pretty much like 18 to 23. And then I have a couple graduate interns, so like 24. They fucking love K-pop. And they'll, some of them would get at the desk, and they're just playing K-pop for four hours their entire shift. And I'm like... All right, y'all, can we finally switch it over? And you know what's even crazier? I'm starting to see now, now with this age group, they don't really fool with Drake that much. Like, they don't, yeah, they don't enjoy Drake. Like, I feel like maybe your age group or a year or two younger than y'all, that's like the last group that really, really fooled with Drake. But these young ones, like 23 and under, a lot of them, they look at if, 
Okay, I'll put it like one of my students, they was talking about at the end of the year, you know how like they do the Spotify, Apple Music wrap up, your most played artists, most played songs and all that. And one of my most played songs, I fucking love Passion Fruit by Drake. And that was in my top five most played. So I play that every week. I love Passion Fruit, it's my shit. But I was telling two of my students that, and they both looked at me and said, Will, you're better than that. Like, they was like, we've seen your music. Like, you're better than that. How do you, how do you have anything Drake in your, in your top five? And I'm like, Drake, used to be that man though like he used to be that dude but they do not they don't fool with drake which is something i've seen over the last year and a half with this age group so k-pop 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 it's we can't hear you jacory you on mute my fault didn't know i was muted <laughs> uh, my dilemma is even though my office is majority black the music i listen to is just too violent and too um abrasive yeah, to be an nba young boy public spaces so <laughs> NBA young boy you listen to in your office. It it most likely be like Lil Durk or Young Dolph or something like that. I don't listen to the older I get now, I'm rarely listening to like the violent rap music. Like I don't listen to it. I have to I have to be in the mood to listen to that, to be honest. Like I really have to be in the mood. Are they are they considered trap artists now? Are those trap rappers? Yeah, I mean, some people would call Lil Durk Drill, but Drill and Trap are still, well, Chicago Drill is closely related to Trap. Oh, I know, see, I know nothing about, like, the new, who are the new Trap rappers at all. Like, when they, like, I heard people tell me that Migos, I said, Migos is Trap music? I really, <laughs> but the, I guess the reason why, because it seems like they're more braggadocio, like, they brag, like, they're, to me, Trap music was like Jeezy talking about like hustling to get out of that life. But they, to me, rap about already being in the luxurious and lavish lifestyle. Well, so I think Migos was, I think they successfully commercialized trap to where it not unrecognizable, but it was just so much different from like that older trap that you're talking about. But I think people like Lil Baby and Lil Dirt, they brought like consciousness back into trap and like they made it more like multifaceted or I mean they're not the first to do that but they like they reminded yeah. us that trap music could be conscious and lyrical too yeah I will say Lil Baby and Dirk are the two rappers I hear about the most from my generation that they still listen to those rappers like those are the rappers that out of the younger generation that the older folk listen to them yeah yeah that so I those are the two names I hear the most there are a lot of dope young rappers but I was gonna be feeling like looking for him half the time, but I need to be tired, bro. So, so all right, Jacory, how, you, how are you minimizing your fucks, Jacory? Um, uh, the answer I gave last time was what? Meditation, taking a deep breath. I said that last time. You said taking a deep breath. I was lying. Um, oh shit! <laughs> I was playing, but I don't know. Just, I don't. Just, just relaxing. Just. You know, not taking things too seriously. Um, for me, being the moment. So if if that moment is if I'm in the car on the way to work and the weather's nice and the sun's rising, I'm like, man, this is a beautiful ass moment right now. I will totally recognize that moment, take a deep breath, and enjoy that moment before. See, I, that's that's mindfulness. So you're practicing mindfulness. Yes, I practice mindfulness. Learned that through therapy last year. So practicing a lot of mindfulness therapy's been great over the last year it's been and it's been an old white woman that i've been fooling with so oh. shout out to dr jill fucks with you jill jill My is name. a white woman name too very much i've never met a jill that is not white 
Think about it. Have you ever met a Jill that's not white? No. I don't think I've ever met a Jill, period. Oh, oh wait, Jill Scott. Oh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. my bad, Jill Scott. <laughs> Man, we was on it so sure, too. <laughs> Uh, all right, I have a question for y'all. So, um, I heard some like I was talking to some people. We listened to a podcast, and they was talking about like rap groups and all that. And they was talking about how Two Live Crew doesn't really get the respect that they deserve. And it was talking about like Two Live. Why are you making that face, Jen? What? Why are you making that face? Because I know that this is going to be a question that I can't answer. <laughs> I'm, I'm nodding my head. No, no, no. This is a question y'all can ask. No, the question is because so you know Two Live Crew. They had like sued the um, they had a lawsuit for freedom of speech. Like they're the reason why there's parental advisory stickers on CDs now. Like, so they was trying to edit, censor all their music and all that. And because of them, rap is what rap is today, basically. So my question is, if Two Live Crew lost that lawsuit, what do you think rap would look like now? I mean, it'd be a lot more cleaned up. It wouldn't yep. because, I mean, so there was gangster rap before Two Live Crew, but it wasn't like, rap was still very regional. So I feel like that kind of rap music wasn't like accessible nationwide until like NWA. Yeah. But wait, was Two Live Crew before NWA? I think that was around the same time. I'm gonna look up the exact years just to make sure. I would say people would like protest NWA album for being too explicit. That was protesting two live crew and NWA. It's just that NWA ended up being a lot bigger than two live crew. Yeah. So you know how history has a way of uh, changing things and all that. So two live crew. South. They don't respect Florida. That's why. <laughs> that's true, though. So two live crew really started around like 1985. Oh, wow. And their first album came out in 1996. Hmm. But it was their album in 1989, As Nasty As They Want To Be, is what uh, blew them up more. And that's where like the lawsuit came with the parental advisory and all of that. And I mm -hmm. think NWA is 87 or 88. I think, I think Shia Compton is 88. Let's see, just to make sure. NWA 87. Yeah, straight out of confidence, 88. So they're pretty much right there, except Two Live Crew was a little bit before. Mm -hmm. And they had more albums than NWA because we all know they broke up. So what would, like, I guess that changed music, though, to be honest, not just rap. That's that's music as a whole. Because mm -hmm. uh, imagine music wouldn't be as sexual today. Like the Lil' Kims, <laughs> the Cardi B's, the Meg The Stallion's, uh like all that like even just those rappers of today that would be ludicrous ll cool j like you wouldn't have any of those rap would be really boring and mundane to be honest i mean if you also think about it like if they censor if they like were able to censor anything that they wanted it's like there wouldn't be any success in that at all yeah and so that just doesn't only affect like the music industry but then it also affects black communities and i guess like the whole perspective in society of that because you know as well because it made me think so back when they was like protesting all that music and 
some of that stuff I'm looking back, I'm like, that was kind of right. Because you listen to some of this music or you get on Twitter and you just see the vulgarity of everything. It's like, where is the line now? Like, where's the line now? Because things are like, you get on to me and Jacory have talked about this though. Like there's so much porn on Twitter. Like, and people on Twitter are so fucking horny and just talk, say the nastiest shit now. Like there's really not a line anymore. And it's kind of like, what's her name? Who was it that was really protesting? Like Snoop Dogg, C. Dolores Tucker. She was like leading that in the early nineties trying to, she was the one that, which this was always done to me. They would go buy all the Snoop Dogg albums and then go crush them and break them in front of people. And it's like, bro, you just helped him get to platinum status on his album. But like, where is the line though? Like that, and so it's on one end, it's like, yeah, freedom of speech and all that. But some of it is just, it's so vulgar now where we are. Well, question, well, you're, you're gonna have to answer this because I wasn't alive at this time and you're much older than me. Significantly, <laughs> much older? Significantly older. So wasn't <laughs> Al Gore's wife, Tipper Gore, wasn't she trying to censor like metal music? Hey, say it one more time. I was saying Tipper Gore, Al Gore's wife, wasn't yep. her like censoring yep. metal and hard rock music? Yeah, it's, it's just that the metal and hard rock music didn't get to stand the time of hip hop. Like how hip hop is basically the number one music now. So if metal and hard rock was as big as hip hop, they would have that whole history as well. But she was definitely, all of that was getting protested. It's just that rap was the new music on the block. And they could tell that rap was blowing up. And it really became a thing because the white suburban kids were starting to listen to rap. And that's when they had a problem with it, when it was just the black kids listening to it. But then the Andy Samberg on SNL started listening to Snoop Dogg and they like, hold on, hold on, you're a good kid. What are you doing listening to this gangster rap music? Which I always, I still hate hearing the term gangster, gangster rap music. That just sounds so stupid now. But yeah, they was protesting and trying to censor all of that music, which is wild to think about because now, like you was talking about listening to like violent rap music, you can't listen to that stuff at work or whatever. I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if 10 years from now, that kind of stuff is okay in the office. Yeah. Like, bro, like young, young Doug has a verse that says, crash into her pussy like a stroller. Like, bro, that's <laughs> like, what, nigga? Like, first, why? Like, <laughs> that's just so aggressive and vulgar now. So it's, it's like, where is the line? Like, should there even be a line or anything? But I guess I was, we was all listening to this growing up and it hasn't had a negative effect on us. I think everyone's different. And if it true, if the music that so vulgar and violent, if it truly affects you, that's more, I mean, that means there's something more wrong with you that needs to be fixed, that someone needs to help you out because more people aren't as aren't as affected by that type of stuff like hearing all them shooting and stuff i never hearing jay-z talk about selling bricks and i lost 92 bricks that didn't make me want to start selling drugs but it does make a lot of people want to start selling drugs that's what i'm saying the people that makes do that that means that they either had no other options or there's something wrong with them mentally that they need some counseling if that makes you want to do that type of stuff in my opinion i think it's also just like a lack of positive role models who are giving them other options or telling them about other options that's what i'm that's what i'm saying they don't have any other options i will say though in college listening to wiz khalifa made me want to be like you know what i want to just see what the vibe is like i want to smoke some weed because i hadn't smoked weed until i was in college and listening to wiz khalifa's song up on cushion orange juice i just remember listening to that vibe down i was like i bet this would sound better high 
So I definitely, so it did have that effect on me that I definitely went and got high just so I could listen to that song while high. And then that came a weekly thing where I listened to that song on a weekly basis while getting high because that was a, so I get, that had that effect on me. It's just, it's never, the violent stuff never made me want to be violent or anything. Yeah. My freshman year of undergrad, I had a sociology professor and he also studied like sociology of music and hip hop. He said, like, the same critiques that people had about rap music in the 90s were the same stuff people were saying about jazz, that it was too vulgar and it would, like, be a bad influence on the youth. So I think, like, anytime something is new, like, it's always going to get pushed back from older people. And then, like, we get more comfortable with it. And then stuff just keeps getting pushed further and further. That's how they was with Ray Charles, which is, wow, you listen to Ray Charles music and you're like, this isn't even crazy. But they was... They would say that Satan music, that heathen music and all of that. So what was you about to say, Jan? No, oh, nothing that I think we shared a very similar experience for like the first time we got high because I'm pretty sure I was listening to Wiz Khalifa, except I wasn't in college and I was in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jan, <laughs> Jacory said, said, you was in middle school? <laughs> how, how old are you? I'm 26. I mean, that sounds about right, because I was listening to Wiz Khalifa in undergrad in oh, around okay. like 2009. That was my freshman year of high school. So I guess you're, yeah, you were a year behind me. Yeah, it was like 09, 2010 and stuff when like we was really listening to it. I think I first heard of him in 08 or 09, something like that. So that makes me, Jaquari was shocked. <laughs> I was like, I didn't, because in my mind, I was like, I don't, I just got times mixed up. And I thought Janice was a lot younger than she actually is. It's because she's Asian and they always look younger. So black don't crack, ain't that right, Jan? That's right. I like how I keep calling her Jan. To be Have honest. you seen my wall? That is, I was looking at the Erica Badu uh, plaque back there on the wall. Hold on, let's see. If, hold on, don't tell us what can we, Jacory? Can we guess what all those are? All right, wait, are those all albums? No, no, just just the one. No, we're trying to. I just want to see if I can guess where. Is that a Grammy award? No. No, wait. the colorful one. I, I'm guess that kind of looks like Thundercat. No. Okay. No, that's Marvin Gaye. Is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, that's it's Marvin Gaye. It's such a cool poster. So I got it off of USPS.com on their wait, merch. Wait a, you, wait a minute. What? Yes, I'm serious. You can get like really cool shit from the post office website. <laughs> And so they have like this special edition, like print screen poster of Marvin Gaye. And like on it is like their limited edition Marvin Gaye um, stamp. Oh, and that's dope. Yeah, they're all handmade too. That's dope as hell. I'm going to do a picture based off of the stamp. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. So you got Marvin Gaye. That's uh, Erica Badu on the other side. No, there's just the one in the middle, the black one. That's not Erica Badu on the right side? No, it is. Okay. And then I thought that was a Grammy Award on the bottom, though. No. I see um, a picture of Mitch McConnell. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tramp called Quest. I do. Yeah. Why do you have a poster that says January 6th, never forget? <laughs> Storm the Capitol for the people. Wow. <laughs> What's that picture say back there? For the people I who can't like, see. I'm really sitting here thinking, like, what the fuck did you see? <laughs> I was like, who put that's, that up there? that's Tribe Called Quest, right? Yeah. Then what's that? The Texas flag? The Texas flag. And then that's you ain't from Texas. Why you got that flag up? It was a gift. What was I gonna do? Put it on the floor instead of hang it up? 
No, put it in the office in the back somewhere. In the back. <laughs> What's in the middle between Marvin Gaye and Erica Badu? Um, that's the drawing I made after I had that dream from the podcast. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> full circle. Full circle. I know. I was like, oh, wild. I have to listen to that. You better to uh, listen to it. <laughs> no, stop. It's one of the most listened to, which is random. All right, another question. So Kanye West, before <laughs> signing to Rockefeller, he was actually going to sign the cash money. He was Ooh. planning on, like, he was going to Kanye. Kanye West was planning on signing the cash money. So this was back in, like, 2000, 2001, something like that. Do you think Kanye West would have been a totally different artist if he had signed the cash money? No, because... It, if he signed to them, they wouldn't change him. He would change them. So you think cash money would have ended up being a little different as opposed to the other way? Yes. Hmm. Absolutely. You know, one thing I will say, Drake would have still definitely signed with cash money because Kanye was one of his favorite artists. And literally, Drake, I mean, Drake has said this before and you can hear his music. Like it's all Kanye influences in there. It's Kanye 808s and Heartbreak all in Drake's music. That's literally what he's made a career out of, 808s and Heartbreak, so. Okay. And, would he still make 808s and Heartbreak if he was on Cash Money? Yeah, I think so, because all of that stemmed from after his mother passed away, too, so. I think, like Janice said, I don't think any, no matter what label he was on, would have changed him. I think he would, because he's one of those type of art, he would have changed the label. We would have heard more music with him and Lil Wayne. Yeah, but I, say, I, don't, I think Lil Wayne is like, such a dynamic figure as a rapper that he would have had an influence on Kanye's production. On his production? Yeah. I like, I think I think his production would have sounded a bit different. I think Southern rap in general would have gone in a different direction. Uh, more Southern artists maybe would have been influenced from Kanye, Lil Wayne collaborations and stuff. Yeah, but I think uh, definitely would have had some kind of effect on how Kanye I made music. I think both would have, they would have influenced each other, I think, of course. So like, yeah, so they would have influenced each other, but I definitely could see like a lot more younger Southern artists would have been influenced by Kanye and Lil Wayne together. So a lot of Southern rap may sound very different than what it is now, which is wild to really think about. But we can't forget that Kanye was doing music like put on with Jeezy and all that as well. So it's not like all of Kanye stuff was emotional. And how do y'all feel about Kanye today? Like, where do you, like, compared to, like, for me, I loved Kanye earlier on. He was, like, one of my top three favorite rappers before. Like, if he dropped the album, I'm going to listen to it that day. Still to this day, I've only listened to, like, three songs from Donda. I just, I, I just don't care anymore. It just doesn't sound good. Yeah. Yeah. After, he's, after um Twisted Fantasy, I, I kind of just stopped rocking with Kanye. When he got to... When he got to Yeezus, Yeezus was the last time that I was like, that I gave him a try. Cause Yeezus, I'm like, he had a couple songs on her that I could fool with. But when he became Kanye Kardashian, to be honest, that's when I really lost. I mean, Pop, Life of Pablo, I can listen to Life of Pablo, but it's only a couple songs that I really go back and listen to on there. I don't, but also, I don't know if me and Ja'Cory talked about this before, but Kanye is where I can see the different generations because the younger folk, they love Yeezus, Life of Pablo, and everything after that. They don't really fool with 808, college dropout, late registration, graduation Kanye. They fool with Kanye Kardashian. And they think that, like, those are the best albums ever, which is, like, 
you hear people that say Donda is one of the top albums of all time. I'm like, have y'all heard College Dropout? Like, what are you talking about? Like, that first of all. And plus, like, I'm, I'm on TikTok and it blows my mind, like, how many younger people, like, just love this version of Kanye and say like, he's the greatest rapper of all time. And I've always said, like, he's a genius producer and one of the best producers of all time, but I can't say he's in the top five rappers of all time. But, like, younger generations will say that. And see, for me, I'm just saying, like, everybody has different criteria when they talk about their top five rappers or whatever. And that's why I just say artists, because Kanye, he's got three of my probably top 10 favorite albums of all time with College Dropout, Late Registration, and... Y'all heard these kids crying out in my hallway? No. Oh, okay. These kids is going hard. I got this ghetto-ass couple just moved next door, so they are. Anywho, but Kanye has three of my favorite albums of all time out of my top 10. College Dropout, Late Registration, and then it goes back and forth between 808s and Graduation. It goes back and forth between those two. So Kanye, he he did enough early on that he's still in my top five favorite artists, favorite rappers of all time. Jay-Z's always going to be number one and then like you know the game used to be in there the game did you see, did you see the game's uh, latest interview with um was it speedy that was interviewing him so the yeah i saw clips of it the game has also turned into how i feel about kanye albums yeah before so when the game would do an interview or something like i want to see what the game's talking about now i'm like i don't I don't really care. He just be talking. I don't know what he really His interview power just straight up lie after lie after <laughs> lie. <laughs> or something weird. Like he was talking about how he used to date Kim Kardashian. And then Kanye was like, we we close now because we both done fucked her now, bro. Like we good. Like, why are you like why are you sharing this type of stuff, fam? Like it's it's like he's he's grasping at step trying to be relevant instead of just doing some dope music. Cause the game has the game has some dope ass albums. Yeah. And for me, he's got two classic albums, the documentary and then uh, Doctor's Advocate. To me, those are two classic albums. Then he has a bunch of really good albums. So I don't know why. What, what was it, Jacory, that you said? Like with every tweet, Meek Mill and the game are diminishing their career with every tweet they post. I don't know if I said that, but I feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you said that one day about Meek Mill and the game. You was like, yeah. every time they speak, they diminish their career little by little. Yeah, like Meek Mill, I feel like me, social media really dropped Meek Mill down a notch as far as like how respected he is in the culture. Yes, because he just says and does stupid stuff like Kanye, Meek Mill, and the game. If they never spoke, they would still be high on everybody's pedestal, but they talk too much and you just lose respect for them little by little every time they say something dumb. And it's like you, I be trying, bro. It's like having a family member that you really love to death but they just be saying some wild stuff, like off the wall stuff. And you're like, you know, I love you, but I got to keep my distance, fam. I remember when the game went on Wendy Williams, Wendy Williams of all places, and talked about like his past with famous women. And when when him and Meek Mill were beefing for that quick second, Meek said in a song like, fuck, I look like telling my business on Wendy. And I was like, yes, Meek. (laughs) (laughs) But then Meek got corny too after that, so. You, and, you know, I think now rappers, a lot of the young rappers are following the corniness and stuff. Like, my favorite thing with how rappers are like, I ain't about this beef shit. I, don't, I ain't out here trying to be a chatty patty talking shit. And then they get on, like, Instagram Live to talk passive-aggressively about another rapper. Like, you don't even say their name. You're being passive-aggressive 
You're like, you know who, and you on IG story talking about, I ain't about that talking shit. Nigga, that's what you're doing. Yeah. Like that, it's it's just, so that leads me to another question. Is rap beef even still a thing? Like rap beef as in, the last great rap beef I really think we had was Drake and Meek Mill. And that was fun. We hadn't seen anything in a while where they was going back. Remember like when you knew Drake was going to release a joint that night and everybody couldn't wait. Meek Mill was going to release something to respond and you couldn't wait. Like, is that the last? And then even when I say great, I don't even know if I want to say great because that's when rap beef got commercialized. Like they was on like the John Stewart, the yeah. John, the Daily Show talking shit about Meek Mill. I'm like, y'all niggas know nothing about hip hop, bro. Like it was so commercialized. I remember being on Florida State's campus, leaving work, driving, and then seeing some white girl, some sorority white girl get in her car and start bumping the Drake disc loud as hell. I'm like, this bitch don't even, they talking about Drake one. I'm like, girl, y'all know nothing about any of this. But it was entertaining. It was entertaining. Hmm. Is What's the last great rap beef? And is rap beef even still a thing? In that sense, what I was just saying. No, it's just it's not exciting anymore. Like rap beef used to be like boxing matches, and now it's just like another part of the gossip or blog cycle, and then we forget about it. Yeah, yeah. there's it's like chatty patties. Like back then, like there was credibility for somebody to actually like get violent, but now it's just like not that way at all. Well, it does still turn violent, and that's not that's not good. We shouldn't. <laughs> but, <laughs> if it's not violent, it's, if it's violent, if it's violent and just fights and no guns and not shooting i'm fine with that like that's why it was exciting but like yeah. now it's like you know that it's just all smoke like they're not like actually gonna do anything like yeah. like you knew drake and kanye weren't gonna hurt each other right <laughs> right yeah you knew they weren't gonna hurt each other it's just it's gossip now it's it's all gossip now though like and that it takes the fun out of it like when and i mean like you want hip-hop to be big you want everyone to enjoy hip-hop but i'm not gonna lie when i if i get on twitter or something and see someone, see some white teenager get retweeted on my timeline. They talk about like rap beef. I'm like, this ain't what it is, bro. This is yeah. lame as hell. It's just, it's corny now. Like rap yeah, beef yeah. is just corny now. It's it's lame. And you knew like people's career could diminish. Like Ja Rule really lost his career dealing with 50 Cent. Yeah, there are no sticks no more. There, nothing at stake. I remember... I remember being in seventh or eighth grade. I don't know. I think I was when the Jay-Z and Nas beef was at a all-time high. That had to be around what 01, 02. I think it was, yeah, it was like 01 to 03. 01, 02. It was those two years. So I was like 13 and 14. And I just remember the excitement going to school, talking about, hey, did y'all hear this? Did you hear that? And it was just, it was legit like a boxing match. Like you couldn't wait to see how Jay-Z was going to respond, how's Nas going to respond. And it was so dope. But you knew it wasn't going to be like, no no one was going to die. And it was all on the record. And it was like, it, it was like LeBron going against Kobe. It was Michael Jordan going yeah, against yeah. whatever other great. Like, that was really dope and really cool. And now, Drake and Meek Mill was the last cool one. And that was so commercialized. And now it's all gossip. And, and it'd be over something silly, like over... I, over chicks or something now it's it's just corny like, i i'm kind of scared to see what rap might look like in 2032 bro but something i keep thinking about is like i feel like one of the the best things that like could have happened or that almost happened in rap is drake and kendrick possibly like full-on going at each other because they would throw subs at each other 
sure did. For a while, especially like after the control verse, but they never actually like said each other's names or really went at each other. Kendrick came the closest, I think, on his um his verse on Deep Water on the Dr. Dre album. Like everyone knew that was about Drake. And then okay, do you remember what he said? So I'll pull it up. He was like, um, because he mentions the six. He was like, I'm liable to bury him. They nominated six to carry him. Oh damn. And he threw out oh, some shit. other lines that were like clearly about Drake. And then Drake dropped the language, and a lot of people felt like that was about Kendrick. Oh, yeah, I remember that. But they never actually like really went at it like Nas and Jay-Z did. But I feel you like see, that, but so while I, I respect both of them because those are some rappers, but that passive aggressive shit just so lame though. Like it's it's so it's you know, I ain't gonna on one end, the passive aggressive might be kind of fun because it's like I know he's talking about Drake, but is he talking about Drake? And it makes yeah, people yeah. talk. It, so it can be entertaining in a sense, but ain't nothing like when Jay-Z came on the verse and it was like, and he says Nas, he says Mob Deep. He yeah, says yeah. their names and shit. And then he's like, all you other niggas, fuck y'all. Y'all not worthy. Like, that's yeah, really yeah. dope. Even Big Shine and Kendrick Lamar had some little passive aggressive shit for one another as well. Which, this gets me to another topic. Who's like the biggest what ifs? Like, or could have been. Because I've always thought Big Shine I, I thought Big Sean was going to be on the same level as Kendrick, J. Cole. And so I, 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 thought, I thought it was really going to be Kendrick, J. Cole, Drake, Big Sean, Wale. I thought all of them was going to be on the same level. Big Sean was that guy back in 2013. Yeah, he, back in 2013. But I thought, like, period, like, consistently, Big Sean was going to drop dope music with them and be on the same pedestal all of them like and to be honest i'm low-key surprised j cole was able to be because i've always loved j cole but i know a lot of people but i remember in college niggas did not fuck with j cole mm-hmm. they thought he was boring they thought he was sleepy they niggas would be like yeah turn that j cole record on because i'm trying to take a nap i well, remember niggas well, a lot of people that. still say that but a lot of people may say it but he also has way more people that think that he is a legend now yeah so like so what is your some like I thought or what else or whatnot? Like I also thought Jada Kiss was gonna be up there with Jay-Z and all of that as well. That's a good one. Yeah. I want Janice to go first. <laughs> I don't have an answer yet. <laughs> you saw she was over there pondering. Banger was over the <laughs> it's a hard one, ain't it? It is. Hmm. All right, guys, it's a little quiet here. Let me fill the silence with. You should have given us this question beforehand. So I know. Just... I just I just thought of it. I, I, I actually, I just, this wasn't even on the list. I just thought of this one. I feel like you should have sent us the list anyway. <laughs> well, the other ones are a little bit easier okay. than this one. I wasn't planning on asking this question. Okay, well, then send me the list. I, I have a more recent one. Like, what if King Von was still here? Cause like King I know, Von- hold on real quick. I'm sorry. I know nothing about who King Von is. I didn't know. I had, I didn't know who he was until he died. Unfortunately. So please tell me who King Von is. Uh, well, I'll, you could say this for a lot of rappers. These are like King Von and Pop Smoke. I think both of them kind of fall into this, but like, okay. So King Von is a, or he was a Chicago drill artist. He's um, heavily associated with Lil Dirt. Like they're part of the same hood, the same set. And um King Von was like just starting to really pop and like blow up like nationally when he was shot and killed in Atlanta. So, by- real quick, 
do you know who Big L is? Yeah. Is this is this kind of similar to Big L? Where okay, so it's no, well, like that. I think King Von was a little more famous than Big L by the time he died. But okay, okay, I take that. I, it's also different with social media now. People get more yeah. get famous quicker and large on a larger scale, way quicker. Yeah. But Big L, I feel like if Big L was today, he would be like that, where he had that such a large following. He hadn't really popped yet, but he had a large, large following. So it's kind of yeah, similar. I think to Dirk is kind of okay. like our generation's Big L now. Okay. But yeah, like he had just, like the songs he made right before he died are still like in heavy rotation. Like those are classic songs he dropped right before he died, like Crazy Story, um, parts one through three, and then his, um, what's the album he made right before that? Janice, do you know who Big, uh, Big, uh, Big Von is? Or King Von. King Von. No, Big Von. <laughs> uh, I don't know either of them, actually. Okay. Cool. But yeah, and it's like he was just starting to like figure out his flow and figure out like a formula that worked for him to where he could make like this really good or classic music. And then he just he got killed. So was Pop Smoke on his way to kind of be like the next DMX or 50 Cent? And not, maybe not the next, but they was he was going to be today's version of DMX or 50 Cent. I think so. I, th- I think 50 more than DMX. OK, you know, I always I thought back in the day that Meek Mill could have been this version of DMX. Like, just the hood-ass rapper who can, like, go pop while still being hood as hell. I really thought, like, back in 2012, probably, I thought Meek Mill would have been today's DMX. But, like, we talking about rap beef. That rap beef messed it up for him, bro. He fumbled it during the Drake and Meek Mill beef because I think he underestimated how much white people really fuck with with Drake and white yeah, people really yeah. do love Drake. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, Drake did, he did have better disses than Meek did. He did. No, yeah. he did though. But when you got, when you can have people, oh shit, I'm sorry, I got the hiccups. When you have people, anchors on SportsCenter yeah. and on the Daily Show having your back, like, it's a cheat code. Drake's low-key like today's Mariah Carey because he goes across Every race. But that that um notoriety didn't help him against Pusha T. No, it didn't. You're right. It didn't know. <laughs> it didn't. So okay. Okay. So Janice. You're on mute. Take yourself off from mute. I have a question for you. Okay. What are you listening to these days? Not necessarily just hip hop, just what are you listening to over these over the last month? Over the last month um a lot of r&b and soul and then can you remember any artists you've been listening to a lot tony 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 <laughs> oh really yes <laughs> you know hold on i was telling one of my friends about janice this was like probably a year or two ago though and i was just like I, it's just so funny i said she's younger she's asian and she has all of this just like like Janice knows more of like the 90s hip hop than I feel like you know more of 90s hip hop than today's hip hop, like 90s black music period than today's music. And yeah, I just think yeah. that's the funniest. I said she can come up and talk to you about Tribe Called Quest or Biggie or Tony, Tony, Tony way more than fucking King Von. <laughs> <laughs> and I just think that's funny as hell. So, what is your music? Um, your, um, 
what's the words I'm looking for? Um, who taught you, who uh, inspired you? Where did you get your music taste from? Why do you have the taste you have in music today? Um, my brother and my sister, they're a lot older than me. Hold on, wait a minute. Yeah. You say a lot, but I'm pretty sure like me and your sister are like the same age. She's like nine years older than me and my brother's 14 years older than me. I feel like that's a pretty- I didn't know they was that much older. I thought me and your sister, your sister's older than me. Yeah. Um, I thought we was the same age. No. I mean, she said sister, but they low-key twins, y'all, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, like, more of, like, the uh, R&B comes from the influence of my sister, and then all of, like, the rap and the hip-hop is coming from my brother. And it's funny, though, because, like, me and my brother, I never grew up with him. Um, I only got close to him when I was in, uh, in, my, in my, my freshman year of college, actually. So it's funny because like all the music that he listens to, I ended up listening to without like even hearing him listen to it that often. Um, that and like, it's also the influence of being born in New York, being like in the tri-state area, just in general and like being within that culture. And just, I don't know, it's just, it's, a, it's just how I grew up. So actually how long was you when you was born in new york how long was you there before you left um i was there until i was eight okay and then you went to florida mm -hmm. okay so growing up what music do you remember hearing in the house in the house a lot well that goes more so into like my dad yeah. He used to play a lot of Stevie Wonder, a lot of like the Eagles, um, classic rock, and um, I don't know, just like songs that you could sing on the karaoke. Like, <laughs> like the people in the Philippines, they have like this affinity for like R and B and like um, I don't know, really like music. Yeah, they love to sing. That's when you I heard, okay I so. Care. He is like huge in the Philippines. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, I've heard that. And then they always show like clips of like Filipinos doing karaoke, singing like black R&B music from like the 70s and 80s and yeah. all of that though. And it's so, that's just so interesting. I wonder how, what sparked that to make it so popular in that culture though? That's interesting. It's um because when they were like being colonized, um by America it was like it was like kind of around the time when all of that music was coming out not mm. necessarily colonized but kind of like the end of the colonization so it's like it it they brought over a lot of like American music and American culture because they wanted to like the people in the Philippines wanted to assimilate better um because that's where they saw success mm. so because your parents your parents are from the Philippines right yeah Okay, so that's just so interesting and so random. Also, isn't, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't like karaoke really popular in like Asian cultures? Mm -hmm. Okay. But isn't yeah, the word I'm, karaoke Japanese? Mm -hmm. I um, think it's either Japanese or Korean. We're about to look it up. But matter of fact, Drake has a great song called Karaoke, by the way. Yeah, forget Drake. Well, you're about to that. Also, I don't mean to backtrack. I just thought of really two really good what ifs whenever you want to okay. start. Back. We're going back to that. Okay. 
go ahead. I don't know. Oh, you gonna you gonna hold on to him? Okay, you hold on to him. Can you remember him? Just hold on to it. Yeah, I just thought you were gonna look up karaoke first. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's what I'm looking up. Yes, yeah, Japanese. Oh damn. Oh damn. Yeah, damn. The the karaoke market is a ten billion dollar industry. Damn. Oh yeah, that's like a joke over here. Like that's something people do when they're drunk or like when they lose a bet. Yeah, like they but, spend so much money on that. But they say it's very large in Chinese-speaking countries such as China, Hong Kong, Taiwan, and Singapore. Which random guys? I have a interview with a student who's in Saipan. 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 Saigon. No, S A I P E N. She says she's in, Jacory's looking it up. <laughs> no, she's in, I got a lot of tabs open on my internet. Hold on. Mm, that's not a, Google doesn't recognize that as a city. Well, yeah. That's where she says she is. So you go to this nice little, hold on, Malika. Her name is Malika. And she says she's in, yes, S-A-I-P-A-N. I thought you said E-N. Yeah, that's what I heard. Um, it's an well, you know, I have a Louisville accent, so. You said what, Jacory? I said it's an island. All right. See, y'all were looking like I'm crazy. <laughs> uh, she says she's 14 hours ahead. So she's trying to figure out how to schedule a Zoom interview wow. being 14 hours ahead. So she's like, I can meet you anytime, 8 a.m. Eastern time to 10 a.m. Eastern time or 7 p.m. Eastern time to 9 p.m. Eastern time. And this thing, I ain't about to do no damn interview at 7 p.m. Fuck out of here, bro. Oh, my God. That's literally my life. I have to send people <laughs> who are, like, in Australia and, like, fucking France. So the worst people to schedule are literally the people that live in Germany. That's wild. All That's right, back to, hold on. Before we move on, we're talking about you and your life, uh, Jan. What? No, wait. Oh, wait. No, I want you, Corey. What are you? What? What? Not, what? That, uh, overwhelmed oh, oh, Jacory, oh, yeah. so Jacory, i don't want you to forget so what did you say your biggest one okay so i remember jay-z talking about this in an interview where he said he was originally going to sign lil wayne to rockefeller and then Birdman yeah i saw that too deal. so one what if lil wayne signed to rockefeller and two what if nas actually did the remix for give me the loot <laughs> so if lil wayne signed to rockefeller we definitely have some classic records with Jay-Z and Lil Wayne together. That would be beautiful as hell. Yeah, because they only collaborated, I think, with Carter Three on Mr. Carter. That's the only one I can think of, to be honest. I feel like that's the only thing I can think of, too, that they've been on together. I'm about to, I got to look it up. That's all I can think of, is that when any other ones was people, like, mashing up some songs or whatever. Yeah. Damn, is that the only one that's disappointing? Yeah. What? No, hello Brooklyn. Hello Brooklyn. That was. Hello Brooklyn on American Gangster. Jay Z's American Gangster album. Hello Brooklyn. Jay Z and Lil Wayne was all together. Yeah. Yeah. And then I mean, I guess you can count Swagger Like Us Ti song. Okay. I guess you can count that, but let me see if I can. I think. Oh, let me see if I can look up. Yeah, any other ones that I see were like some mashup remixes that people made randomly. Mm -hmm. So really only Mr. Carter and Hello Brooklyn were the only ones that they have together. Janice, why did you jump when I said that? I don't know. I thought you were like calling for me. 
<laughs> She's I, so I'm, annoying. I'm high as shit, bro. <laughs> bro, my shit, bro. All right, what you said, the other one was uh, Nas on Give Me the Loot. Because Nas always talks about how he was supposed to be on the Give Me the Loot remix and he got too high to go to the studio. Hey, that's wild as hell. Like, imagine Illmatic Nas on Give Me the Loot. That would have been fire as hell. That would have been one of the best rap songs of all time. What if... So, Method Man and um, Mary J. Blige did the song... Uh, what was their early song together? Um, all I Need. All I Need. They originally wanted Lauren Hill on the song. Ooh. But the A&R was like, who the fuck is Lauren Hill? Because she was like newer. Was like, who the fuck is Lauren Hill? We don't need no Lauren Hill. Get somebody else on this show. I don't know who she is. So, they got Mary J. Blige like... I wonder what would have happened then if they ended up dealing Lauren Hill, not Mary J. Blige, because you know they had to be great for Method Man and Mary J. Blige's career. But would something be different for Lauren Hill? Would something have changed for? Her? Or it would have definitely sounded like a different song, because like yeah. Lauren, Lauren Hill has a certain, I don't know, just essence. the voices are different. Yeah, so it would yeah. definitely sounded different. It wouldn't. I don't think it would have been as commercially successful. Yeah. Or on Jay-Z's Can't Knock the Hustle off a of Reasonable Doubt, um, Damon Dash, he ended up being able to get Mary J. Blige on there because he just had a, a, a bag full of cash and just paid her with a brown bag full of cash. What if he didn't have a bag full of cash? Yeah, what if he didn't have the bag full of cash, bro? <laughs> he also, I think, whoever produced the Hard Knock Life beat, I think they told that same story that Dame Dash called him up and said, like, yo, I have this amount of money in a brown paper bag right now for that beat. That's wild. That's wild. So, all right, so, all right, moving it forward. Have y'all listened to Vince Staples' album that came out this year? No. No, I haven't. I, okay, I want both of y'all, I think both of y'all would like that album, for real. I like Vince Staples. And, and for me, I, to me, I'm not exaggerating, that's the best rap album I've heard all year. Really? Yes, that's the best. Like it's you can play it straight through. You do not have to skip any songs. The lyrics are dope. The production is dope. Dope storytelling as well. Like how how would you categorize Vince Staples? What do you mean? Like in what subgenre is he in of rap? Definitely, well, definitely, definitely West Coast. He's very West Coast. That's an umbrella term, Jacory. You could do better than that. Alternative? I feel like yeah. when I hear alternative, I think of like odd future. I'm not gonna compare. No, he's not odd future though. No, that's yeah. not just he's very, he's very hip hop, but like he's very hip hop because he's a he's a storyteller though. Mm-hmm. And he's got the lyrics. He's got the lyrics. He doesn't have all the like the um the similes as the Lil Wayne's, like the play on words as the Lil Wayne's and Jay-Z's or whatever, but he has great storytelling in his rap music. And he has the um, artistry, artistry. I feel like I'm really enunciating artistry. Artistry. Artistry, thank you. He has the great artistry in his music. Like he cares about the art. Like he truly cares about the art. Like if you watch some of the videos along with some of the songs, you can tell he cares so he cares about the art on like that Kendrick Lamar level or whatever. Also on the same ends, I don't I don't know if y'all know who Westside Boogie is, but I think y'all would like him as well. I've heard good things about him. Yes, Westside Boogie's dope. So so Vince Stables is you can tell he's got the very West Side influences, but he also 
when he was a teenager, spent a year living in Atlanta. So you can hear some of that in there as well, which is pretty cool. And he's got the storytelling in his music as well. And he cares about the production. The beats are dope. The lyrics are dope. The storytelling is fire. And the production is cool. It's the smoothest. So like when I say production, even like the transition from song five to song six, like the way it fades into the next song is really dope, bro. Like you're really listening like, damn, he's got a story to tell. So I think y'all should listen. To, uh, it's Ramona Park, Broke My Heart. So if I wanted to get like really pretentious or just show that I know stuff about art, I would say that he's avant-garde. <laughs> so avant-garde, avant-garde is like experimental music that doesn't fall neatly into any other category. So like Kanye is avant-garde. No, I, no, this isn't. Um, no, this, this falls straight into dope rap music. This is dope rap music. No, it's that's, not. That's no, that's not an answer. <laughs> this is this is no, this is real. It's just he's a rapper who cares about the art. Like he's a, a rapper who like what would you call Kendrick Lamar then? Yeah. Same thing. I'm putting them, I'm putting this in the same bowl. This so what like, do you are you saying that Vince Staples is like a diet Kendrick Lamar? I ain't gonna say diet. Like I get where Kendrick Lamar is. I think I like Vince Stables' albums just as much as I like Kendrick Lamar albums, though. Like, I get that Kendrick Lamar over the last over the last decade, since 2011, 2012 or whatnot, is one of the top three rappers in the game. But this album, I would I would put this Vince Stables album up against any Kendrick Lamar album. Like, I would. I I just would. I'd put this up against any other like. His to me, this is his best album, and I would compare it to any of their best albums. It's it's a classic to me. It's five mics, it's sourced five mics, it's a classic, and it's been out, I think, since April. And so I'm not one of those people that I listen to an album one time and then I'm gonna call it trash or call it a classic. But I have listened to this album from front to back at least seven or eight times and didn't skip a song. Like I listened to it yesterday, front to back. And then on my way home from work, I was listening to it. When I went in the grocery store, I had it playing in my headphones. It's telling you, bro, it's a fire album. It's a fire rap album. It's not like when you listen to a Kanye album and it's like, he's evolved and he's got different influences or whatever. No, this is straight hip hop classic album. But that doesn't answer the question of what genre does it fall into. Fucking hip hop, nigga. I said no. I said it. You got the, the West style. Coast influence. You got the West Coast influences. <laughs> you got the West Coast influences. <laughs> okay. like, what's the, what's the other fucking umbrellas and genres? I don't even know. Like, I mean, would you say that it's like conscious rap? Would you say it's- there's con- so? Okay, I'm not only gonna say influences. Go. I'm not gonna give it just one genre. There's conscious no. in there. Okay. There's conscious. There's West Coast. Then he's even has like, even like the club joints are conscious. Like the clubs, like the songs that you can play at a party, at a barbecue, at a club, they're still very much. They're, you mean like of another song or something? No, no, no. Like, um, so, like on his, so on his song, he wait, has a wait, song. Wait. Will, uh-huh. Will, I mean like an example of how his like club joints can be conscious so like he has a song called magic and in the song magic it's a very upbeat production and you could definitely play it at a barbecue and be grooving and dancing to it but he's in there talking about like 
like people asking me how I made it. And some people want to call it magic, but he's talking about working hard. He's talking about grinding. He's talking about the different things he went through, like in the projects, in the hood or whatnot, but he's making it fun somehow. Like he makes the hood, the project shit fun. Like he can talk about getting beat up at a party on the West Coast because of how West Coast niggas are. Talking about bumping into a nigga at a party and getting beat up, but still leaving the party and be like, hey, bro, that shit was fire though. Like he can do that. So I just, I like some of the songs are simple storytelling, but it's like, this is, this is dope. Like he just gave me a story. It's like um, Ice Cube today was a good day. It's a very simple ass song. He's just explaining his day, but you're like, damn, he painted a picture. So Vince Staples, he, Vince Staples knows how to paint a picture. Okay. And I love, I love artists that can paint a picture that can make me feel like, I'm there. He makes me feel like I know what it's like to be at a party on the West Coast. And I know nothing about that lifestyle. Yeah. And the in the videos, there's a bunch of women that look like Janice. Wow. Stop. <laughs> it's a bunch of Filipino women partying out there, boy. What? You know, um, California has the highest number of Filipinos in the country, right? Yes, I do know that. How the fuck am I not going to know that? <laughs> I have family there. What, hold on. What city has the highest number of Puerto Ricans in the country? Orlando. Is it Orlando or is it Kissimmee? No. What are you doing, Will? If not Orlando, then I'm looking at my list of what I'm going to ask you next. And got, oh, I oh. thought you looked at the answer. Do I you thought know? you had an answer. <laughs> oh, no, I have the answer in my phone. I already have it. It's either Orlando or New York. I need. I don't need it either or. Which which y'all going with? I'm going with Orlando. Yeah. Same. New York. What the hell? I feel like there's more Dominicans there. And let's see what city has the highest number of Dominicans. But it's New York. Orlando is, I think, Orlando... Orlando has been in the top three. Let's see if it's still in the top Orlando's three. Orlando's definitely the highest in Florida. Yeah. Oh, no, it's definitely the highest in Florida. Let's see. You said Dominicans? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Dominicans in Cali, too, though. I think it's more of them on, like, the East Coast, though. Yeah, definitely. Boston probably has a lot, too. Boston? Yeah. Oh, damn. Boston's number four. Wow. New York, once again, has the highest number of Dominicans. And then Lawrence, Massachusetts. Lawrence? Lawrence. Patterson, New Jersey. And then Boston. Is Lawrence like a town outside of Boston? Because who else? I'm about to look up. Why? Why are you going down this rabbit hole? We are definitely <laughs> all, right. all right. We're about to take a break and we'll be right back. We'll be right back to the chicken and liquor hour. Oh my god. <laughs> all right. All right, we back. Chicken liquor hour. Uh talking to the homies, Dr. Clark and Jan. Big Jan in the building. Uh, Big Jan out here in Texas, bro. What's been your favorite part about relocating to Texas? 
Um, I think my favorite part is that I'm, I don't feel guilty about being independent here if I would, if I still live in Florida. Wow. Um, because like having that close of a proximity to my parents would create an even bigger obligation to do everything that they want me to do. So at like, I love it here because I can live my life. I can do like what I want to do and like thrive and, you know, get the success that I wanted and how I imagined it. But then there's also like the fact that there's, it's just like, it's actually a really beautiful state and it's huge. I mean, the beaches aren't that great, but like the people here, I mean, in Austin at least are really nice and they're super cool. It's just like a whole melting pot of different, types of personalities that all just so happen to be like really nice yeah (laughs) but um I don't know I think that's like probably my favorite part I met like a lot of really cool people here I I feel you though because I feel like when I moved to Florida that was the first time I was away from family and I was like oh I can finally find out who I am I can finally be myself even if I make mistakes whatever it is I can totally be myself and just figure out because being at home and close, like everyone who knows me knows, like my sister's like my best friend. I'm close to my mother, a lot of my cousins, my father, all that. But it's like their voices was always in my head. Like it was always like if I made a decision, it was going to be their voice telling me what to do. But when I finally moved like 500 miles away, it's like, oh, I get to just figure this shit out on my own. Do you feel like that like that was you? Yeah, that was definitely me. I think that, I don't know, I think that like intrinsically, like just it's ingrained in my personality to be a really independent person. But then I also like am a people pleaser. So I, I feel like immense guilt when I don't show up for somebody yep. when, you know, that I really care about. And that means family. So yeah, it's just nice. But at the same time, like, don't get me wrong, like, I miss them a lot. Because when you're here, like, when you're in a completely different place and where, like, your roots are, you feel like there are days where you start to lose yourself a little bit. And mm-hmm. you don't remember, like, what, like, why you're doing what you're doing. And, like, that, I think that's, like, a huge factor that family plays into your life. Yep. Dr. Clark, do you agree with any of Do you feel the same way at all? Yeah, definitely the part about people pleasing and like how much guilt you feel when you feel like you let someone down or you're not there for them when they need you. Yeah, because yeah. I I definitely would feel guilty if I'm not there for a birthday or if I forget a birthday and mm. getting older is just, you forget shit. Like, because getting older, like, because you have so much going on, like work, paying bills, just trying to relax and not wow out or whatever, you're going to forget something. You're, you're just going to forget something. So I feel guilty when, like even, okay, so uh, y'all both, we all know Trinity and mm-hmm. her daughter, Eva Claire, and her birthday was in May. And I just got so much going on. I just totally forgot. And when I, I FaceTimed Trinity uh, two weeks ago and we saw my, I said, I, I just felt so bad. And like, they wasn't tripping or whatever. But Eva, of course, was in the background. Yeah, Uncle Bill, you forgot Aww. my birthday. And I'm like, damn, bro, like, I just got so much going on with life, bro. I'm so sorry. I love you to death, though. But, like, being away from family, you figure out who you are a lot. 
but you also like damn i miss i miss that really that family atmosphere i i think now as we get older as life is evolving it doesn't feel like it's as like the whole family aspect is as important anymore like i think because a lot like especially at least for me growing up all the family was pretty close to one another like distance wise whatnot but now with especially my generation and then especially y'all's people move around a lot more people are moving all over the country so you're far away from your families like it's more people that are 100 miles away 500 miles away so you don't have those sunday dinners or barbecues for everybody's birthday and all of that so it's a little bit harder to keep the family aspect if that makes sense yeah 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 thanks to Corey for the no that's definitely how, like you said everything <laughs> i feel where is most of your family jacory orlando okay so all right so i asked janice this earlier what is most of your like inspiration and from music come from like what molded your what do you feel like molded your music opinions uh my dad and my uncle and then being in band all through school and like getting put onto the music that we play in band so what music that you listen to today is a direct um influence from your youth and growing up um i say a lot of the old school hip-hop artists i still listen to like only reason i know who eric b and rakim is is because of my dad and like all the other artists who came out like late 80s very early 90s what do you remember being played in the house all the time like okay so for me i remember saturday mornings waking up like my my father my parents are r&b folk like and i'm pretty sure my parents are older than y'all's like how old are y'all parents like 65 62 my yeah, dad yours also are yeah they're filipino so <laughs> <laughs> but like you said you i mean janice you said r&b though you did you said r&b and then jacory mm -hmm. you said your parents are how old my dad is 52 this year my mom is like 48 49 so so i figured jacory's parents definitely was gonna be younger but you have older siblings Janice so I knew your parents is probably gonna be a little older like Janice's parents are around my parents age my parents are like 65 66 so growing up it was R&B music it was Anita Baker Stevie Wonder Earth Wind and Fire like all of that jazz music gospel old school R&B and jazz music that's what I heard growing up it wasn't going a 66 year old black person it wasn't gonna be no hip-hop that they was playing and stuff like they played Boys the Man and Young R&B, but they weren't playing no hip hop or whatever. That's what I heard growing up. All of that, like Anita Baker, Stevie Wonder, Earth, Wind & Fire, Luther Vandross, Asley Brothers. That's what we heard in the house. Now we heard hip hop in the car on the radio and all of that. What was you hearing in the house? So for me, it wasn't in the house. Like we didn't really play music in the house like that. It was in the car, like riding with my dad. He had a satellite radio at the time. It was serious. Oh, okay. Before Sirius merged with XM and it was just a Sirius radio, there was um an old school hip hop station called Backspin, and that's what we would mostly. Yeah, I remember to. that. Yeah. So yeah, that's wild. So you was like really growing up listening to that eighties and nineties hip hop then, because of and like every song that came on, he'd tell me like a story about the artist or give me some history about it. And that's dope. That's really that's really dope to be honest. So 
for yeah. me, I like I said, I had in my household all that R&B music. But then when I'm with my uh, my aunt, who is my sister, my mother's youngest sister, she played a lot of Master P. We listened to a lot of Master P and No Limit. So I heard all that like Southern hip hop, Southern rap in her car. Now I remember she had a powder blue Cadillac with tinted windows. Wow. And we wow. was riding around in some, yeah, she was, she was hood as hell, bro. She totally different than my mother, which is wild to think about. But she was playing Tupac, West Coast rap music, and No Limit. That's all she was listening to. And then she was listening to Brandy a lot. So I was getting Brandy, No Limit, and West Coast rap music with her. But then my uh, older cousin, who is now, he just turned 50 in 2021, he was listening to a lot of the East Coast rap music. So that's why I was hearing the Jay-Z and all of that, like all the East Coast rap music and stuff. But he also listened to West Coast too, but a lot of R&B and East Coast rap music. So I was getting all of that from them. But then you have my sister who was listening to R&B, like Tony Braxton, Mint Condition, and next and all of that so I had all these influences but then I went to a elementary school that was predominantly white people and they was y'all probably don't even know Hanson yeah I don't do y'all know Hanson wait I know Mbop didn't they make Mbop yes Mbop bro the white girls at the school was listening to Mbop I remember and then all the white all the white kids I went to school Backstreet Boys NSYNC Hanson and all that so I had the influences all over the place but I was listening to all that shit I'm like bro this shit's fire I liked it all from all over the place so I had all those influences which I'm grateful for because I feel sorry for these niggas that just be listening to this violent ass rap music and nothing else yeah that's why they are yeah bro it's exhausting ain't it it's like a like a really like it's a vibe kill. <laughs> <laughs> it is though. Like I, it's wild when I think about when I was in college, and they would play like this violent ass, hard ass rap music. I'm like, why? Like girls are trying to twerk and dance. Why are we playing this hard ass music? But they would go from a hard ass rap song to Pretty Ricky. Like, oh, where's the Ricky transition? Ricky. And oh, and then when Pretty Ricky came on, niggas was having sex in the club and Pretty yeah. Ricky, basically. Wow. Well. Okay. Well, first of all, y'all was in like middle school when Pretty Ricky was popular. I remember so. Pretty Ricky. Y'all was still in middle school. Y'all don't know about no parties with Pretty Ricky. But it's it was, was. Was that when y'all was in college? Was they still playing Pretty Ricky and parties and stuff? Yeah. No. <laughs> y'all y'all was at two different parties. We, we were we probably. Were. Yeah. Uh, I wish I got an invite to yours. <laughs> Wait a minute, Janice. What was they playing at the parties you went to? Bro, just like, honestly, I can't even tell you because immediately as soon as I would hear like even like the faintest sound of like whatever the fuck they were playing, I would just like black out. I wouldn't hear shit. I'd just go deaf. And I'm like, all right. So like I would go, this is what I would do. I'd be like, yeah, I'll go to this party with you. Let me drive. And then I'll go and I'll be like, all right, you know what? I actually got to go yep. home. That's the trick. You got to be driving. You have to drive. Always, always. <laughs> well, speaking of that, so what's the biggest thing you miss about college? Having working at guest friends, services. Like, hold on, wait a minute. All right, so Jacory, you go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. It, having all your friends like living on the same street, and you can see anyone whenever you want to. Oh yeah, y'all all in the same two mile radius. 
this is like everyone lives in the same three apartment complexes and they're yeah. all in the same neighborhood. And those were the days I was actually telling one of my students, I said it was it was wild back in college where now as an adult, you bet not just pop up at my apartment without telling me you coming. Yeah. But in college, niggas would just pop up banging on your door. You open like, hey, what up? Like that was different back then. You was yeah, okay yeah. with that. What about you, Jan? Honestly, I like have to agree. Like I miss being able to just see my friends and not have to fucking buy a plane ticket. <laughs> Make plans. Yeah. And I like just that whole aspect. Like it was such a different time. Like you, even though like you felt weighed down by whatever work that you had to do, it was still like a really free like type of memory. Like you kind of really could do anything yeah. besides have like a career. <laughs> I, I miss uh I miss those naps I used to be able to take in college. I mm. miss being able to on a random Wednesday at 11 a.m. I could just take a nap. Like those were good days. I miss oh, when yes. I would go into. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, Jane. I, I miss when I would go into work and go to your office, and then you talk about the fucking banana you found in your backpack. Still to this day. Like literally every week. <laughs> Still to this day. And we we had fun working there though. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I miss that a lot, actually. It's I thought wild. that was hard. And I, <laughs> I thought that was some hard living. <laughs> Look, you thought those little 13 hours a week you was working there. <laughs> I thought it was in hell. I don't fucking know. But you know what's funny? Now I look at a lot of my students now, and on their off time, they'll just come to the student center and hang out. And I'm like, oh, they really they enjoy being here. Like, and I wasn't really paying attention to that with y'all, where a lot of y'all would just come and hang out and stuff. But like, we and y'all's job was a lot harder than the kids I got now. Y'all was like out in that Florida sun setting up 60 tables. Outside, uh, and I used to schedule me with I, I won't say names. All but, right, yeah, we we know who you have complained about her. No, you, you used to put me with someone who could not lift tables and chairs, so I had to do Janice all. Janice doesn't. Uh, Janice doesn't know her. Ten, nigga, we're not saying names. First of hey, all, no, no, I'm not. I'm not talking about her, but no, we're not saying names. So, yeah, quit saying names. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it was that little tiny ass little girl. And he used to hate working. I'm prom- that was before you got there, bro. I'm pretty sure you was not there with her. I think Janice might have been there. She was a tiny little thing. Hold on, wait a minute. Hold on. But yeah, um, we cut that part out. We said some names, guys. <laughs> we said some names, guys. Um, <laughs> we're talking about getting older. We're talking about getting older and everything moving on. What do you feel like is your favorite part, though, about growing up, getting older, evolving, getting out of college and all that? What's your favorite part? Favorite thing about being an adult? So they got to think because this adult shit is trash. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, like... Okay, so I will say, when you, especially get to my age, when you get to 30 and you find with just saying no, like if someone asks you, hey, do you want to go out? And you're just like, no, nah, I'm good. You know, when you're younger, a lot of times you feel like you have to make an excuse to not to hurt someone's feelings. But now I'm just like, no, nah, I'm good. Why not? 
I don't want to. Oh, come on, bro. Why not? I don't want to. Come on, bro. Like, you tripping. I do not want to. And you have no sympathy, no problems with just saying, I don't fucking want to, bro. That has been the best part of just saying no. Like, being in my 30s, I felt the best about my life. Like, I, you know who you are a lot more. Even in your late 20s and shit, you don't know who you are. That, that shit, you still trying to figure that shit out. Like, it's, even if you're like, people think, young people think they're going to have the answer, like, I'm by 27, by 26, nigga, you ain't going to know shit at 26, 27, 28. You ain't going to know none of that shit. Even if you have a kid, you still ain't going to know shit. And I only know that because my friends who have kids, they still don't know shit. So, actually, you ain't never going to know shit, bro. So. How do you know? I can't wait to be 30, though. Because, not a like, there's certain, there's, what you say, nigga? There's, <laughs> certain said, things, there's certain things that I know, but now you get to a point where you know, you know what you don't know. That's the thing. You you know what you know, you know what you don't know. When you're younger, you just think you know everything. But when you get to a certain age, you're like, oh, I don't know that shit, and I'm okay. I'm okay not knowing that. Like, you're just... You, you just start, like, discovering who you are is really dope. Like, truly understanding who you are is a really dope thing and dope concept. So, what have y'all enjoyed about becoming adults, getting out of college, growing up? I mean, I'm still in college, so I like... Okay, but you are an adult, nigga. I, I mean, I like the process of, like, what I'm striving toward, like, what I'm becoming or turning into. Um, like I'm still in like I'm still early career, so I think like just the experience I've been picking up and the stuff I've been learning it excites me for what's to come later. Does it trip you out that you but you are you all are basically where I am when like we was all first meeting? A little bit. <laughs> yeah, um, you're where you're where I am years ago when I first met y'all. How old were you when you started at Guest Services? Um, that was 2014 before my birthday. I was 20, I was 26. No, hold on. I was 25 when I wow. first got there. Wow. Yeah. When I first met Jacory, I was 25 and I think I was 26 when I first met you, Janice. That's crazy. What? Yeah. Yep. I was 25 and that's Jacory had no hair. He was bald, skinny <laughs> as shit, wasn't talking to nobody. I, had a buzz I, wasn't, I wasn't completely bald. Bro, he had that buzz cut. Okay, sorry. He had the buzz cut, and he just sat over there at the at the setup desk, and he legit, Ja'Cory did his job and didn't talk to nobody. <laughs> he, he was there. He was there to do his job, set up, move some tables and chairs, and when he got done moving those tables and chairs, he went back over to that desk and sat there. He never came over and laughed, joked, or talked to us. When was it? When was it that you, can you remember when you started coming over and talking and stuff? It was probably my second, um, well, the second school year I had worked there. So like 20 sophomore year. Yeah. Okay. So when we got to 2014, 2015 school year. Yeah. Cause the first time I had been to your apartment, that was like the summer in between my sophomore and junior year. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Cause I got there, I got there in January. So you had already had your first semester though. Yeah, you had already had 
Oh, we started. Oh no, you started. Oh, yeah, yeah. We start. You started your second semester freshman year. Yeah. No, we started the same week. That's what I'm saying. It was second semester. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's when I started. Yeah, you started second semester when I. But yeah, I met Jacory when I was 25, and I'm pretty sure I met you 26. It was the summer, the same summer Jacory was talking about. Summer 2015, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was that was the interview when Trini was like, "Okay, you can leave." Ain't that what she said in your interview? I honestly don't think that was me. <laughs> I, I was another Asian. Uh, because wait a minute, did we have other Asians? Actually, did yeah. we even have other Asians? Who was other Asian? Chet. Why yes, do you we keep? Did. But, all right, okay. You because don't. She's have... Asian. We had Christine. We had Anthony Chen. Okay. All right, guys. Okay. I'm sorry. I'll and then we had guys. Chen. Why did you keep saying her name? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, we get it, nigga. No, what was the name of the um? The oh my name? gosh, Amber. Nick, the AV specialist, right? Wasn't that his name? I, the AV specialist. It wasn't his. Wait, no, some white guy. No, Janice's boo was Nick. No. Uh, I remember a certain Nick that was in love with Janice. Oh my God! No, wait! I just realized who you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I should have cut that part out, my man. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not. It's gonna stay in. <laughs> I mean, you should get like a like a, a sensor so you can like bleep whenever we say names. Oh, I yeah. do need to get that. Yeah, dude, you should have a soundboard. Oh, what do you? Think this is a chicken liquor. What you think? This no, is no, 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 no! You don't have to buy this it. Is the you can literally. You could you could literally just um I don't know there's probably like a program on like online or something that you can there's use. probably an app on your phone that will let you bleep or that on okay. well we'll look it up for next time yeah um one minute Janice I don't think we got to you about your favorite part of getting older right evolving yeah no we didn't but What's I have an part? answer and I think. I think the part that I like about getting older is getting like better, I guess, self-awareness, like you guys were saying, and being able to actually learn the lessons that life has been trying to teach me. And then understanding that, okay, yeah, it's actually a lot better than I thought it was, like a lot better than like how bad I thought it could be. Um, so I guess just like, I don't know, just the whole aspect of like even growing older and like gaining that knowledge and that wisdom. Because when you look back at your life, like even though like you have like some bad memories or good memories, like you look at it and you could still like find some joy in it because you understand where you were and you could still appreciate it. Yeah. Is there a food that you eat now that you hated growing up? No. Really? I, I hated salt and vinegar potato chips growing up. And then I ate some. It, when I was at Florida State, Ann, get, Ann, it was Ann who had some salt and vinegar potato chips. And she gave me some. And I was like, oh, my God, I hated these growing up. These taste good as shit now. I also hated broccoli growing up as well. And I eat that shit all the time now. There's nothing that y'all eat now that y'all hated growing up? No. Oh, look at you all. Adults. All right, back to music. Can you name a time when, like, your not just music, name a t- time when your favorite artist or actor disappointed you? Uh, 
not necessarily just one of your favorites really disappointed you you thought it was gonna be dope mm. and the shit was trash well kanye oh. with jesus don toliver's last album don toliver his last mm-hmm. album mm-hmm. why what was what do you what do you like about Don Tolliver? And then why did he disappoint you on his last album? Um, because, well, I like him because he just has like, kind of like a really energizing vibe, even though like he sounds the opposite. And I don't know, I like, I like the uniqueness of his voice and his, I don't know, it's just like a good vibe music type of thing. But what disappointed me about his last album was that it just wasn't, I guess, like plainly put, it wasn't as hype as I was hoping it could be. And he, he's a Texas artist, right? Ain't he from Texas? Yeah, he's from Houston. Oh. Janice is hella Texas now, so. Yeah. <laughs> that's unfortunate. Unfor- Y'all hear what happened to Janice? That's unfortunate, bro. What happened? She's from Texas now. No, I'm not. No, I don't know, bro. You see that Texas flag back there hanging on the wall now. I don't know, bro. It was a gift. You be hanging with these rednecks and conservatives now. Will, what's your next question? Where was you on January 6th? (laughs) Well, I had took a trip to D.C. real quick. We all know who your father is. And he be going to Charlottesville with tiki torches. So do you actually know who my father is? His name is Keegan. <laughs> oh, oh, you're talking about my real father. Yeah, you are. Oh, you talking about my real father? <laughs> uh, Jacory, what you got, yeah. brother? So honestly, this might this might rouse some people. You know, like when people post something on social media and they're like, "Oh, they're gonna be mad at this one," and then no one's really mad. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when people do that. Like, anyway. But um, Kendrick's last album, I wasn't, it was cool, but I wasn't really feeling it like I wanted to. I, re- I love that album. And you know, hold on. I say I love that album. I've only listened to it once straight through. And I thought it was, I, I thought it was dope on the first listen, but I haven't went back now I think about it. So did I really love it? Like, it's good. <laughs> it's, it's well made. Like, it's objectively, it's a good album. Like, good lyrics, good production. I just wasn't, I just didn't care for it like that. I, I can totally understand. I agree it. with you, Corey. Yeah. yeah. I can totally understand. I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. I can totally understand that. I thought you were going to say, like, Fast and the Furious and some shit. Fast and Furious? What? I don't know. You seem, you seem like a fan. What? I've, I've only seen the first one in Tokyo Drift. I've never seen any other Fast and Furious movies. Are you serious? Yeah. Keep it that way. Well, um, well, embarrassingly, I've seen everyone. And hold on, I watched the last one on HBO Max. That shit was fucking horrible. I heard that, that was embarrassing. Like they really made this movie. That was dog. I just the fact that these movies keep making over a hundred million dollars is wild as hell. And they still got like two more movies that's gonna. First of all, you want me to believe that John Cena and Vin Diesel are brothers? Like John Cena, John Cena and Vin Diesel are brothers, my nigga. Like niggas be jumping from interstate to interstate, 
not getting hurt. Like this shit is stupid. Like I would after that last one, I'm like, I don't care. The only way I'm watching the next one is if someone pays me to watch it. That shit was embarrassing. How much do they have to pay? How much? Yeah. Ah, oh, you can give me about twenty dollars. I'll watch that. Twenty dollars. Oh, Actually, <laughs> you can buy me twenty piece wings in public. And also, I feel like I feel like the Heart Five set up some really high expectations because that was an amazing song, amazing video. Like I was, expecting, oh, he went back to Kendrick Lamar. I'm sorry, y'all. He went yeah, back to and I was, I was expecting like the return of to Pimp a Butterfly, Kendrick, and then I was just like, I'm not like I I enjoy a lot of the songs, but they're not re-listenable to me. I look. I go back and listen to like Purple Heart or the Purple something. He's got a song with um, Summer Walker and Ghostface Killer. I love that song a whole lot. There, I, I to be honest, I only go back and listen to like four songs consistently. I think that like lyrically is dope, artistry, artistry, artistry. You know that word. That's dope. That's important. All that, but it's not for everybody, and it's not for every season. Like you, you have to be in a very specific mood if you want to listen to that album. And it's dope. I'm like, we need somebody that's gonna do that shit. Like that's the type of album where like you put on and just let it play when you're doing something, but you don't go back to specific songs. I ain't gonna play that when I'm just doing something. To be honest, I would just to have something on. Nah, if I'm vacuuming, that ain't what I'm trying to listen to. Like the whole song's like "fuck you, bitch, fuck you, nigga, fuck I, you." And it's I, I love that. I love that song though. I mean, I do love that song, but I don't want to just play that in the background while I'm washing dishes and vacuuming. Yeah. Like that, nah, I'm good on that. I'm good on that. All right. One more question on this segment it has nothing to do with music, but the only reason I'm asking because someone said this, and I want to get opinions. They said men are not capable of being friends with women they are attracted to or that they find attractive. So are men capable of being friends with women that they find attractive or they're attractive to? Attractive yes. to? Yes. 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 I don't know. If they're attracted to that woman, I don't think they can be friends with them, girl. Yes, they can. Well, I mean, how can you? A nigga gonna get drunk at some point and try to holler at her. But would you do that? If I'm attracted to her, would I accidentally get drunk one night and shoot my shot? That's what you're asking? Yeah, that's what I'm asking you. (laughs) Probably. 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 <laughs> I have I have close female friends. I've been probably. <laughs> I'm probably gonna accidentally like, yo, what's up? You look good. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of listeners on this podcast. <laughs> She's stupid. <laughs> probably shit. Probably. <laughs> what you think, Dr. Clark? Yeah, I just I have like close female friends. I've been drunk around. I haven't tried nothing like that. But are you attracted to them? Yeah. That was the part of the question. Okay. It's I think it's a difference between like knowing that someone is attractive and being attracted to them. That's what I'm saying. The question is that you're attracted to. Well, you have to specify. I said that, so specify these notes. And then (laughs) (laughs) so are men capable of being friends with women they are attracted to? I still I still say yeah. Yeah. You're you're a good man, Jacory. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you're not, so probably. (laughs) (laughs) 
Probably <laughs> shit. I don't know, like the regular dude, he gonna if he's a drinker, he gonna accidentally he gonna shoot that shot. He gonna make things awkward. I, I feel like, like shoot her. If we're legit friends, like if we're actual friends, like you can be attractive or pretty or whatever. I'm st- I'm just not gonna think about you like that. So see, you're just saying you can be attractive. There's one thing with being attractive. Like Janice is pretty, but I ain't attracted to her ass. Well, then that question doesn't really that question doesn't really make sense because then you could say that about anyone, can't you? No, I don't find you attractive, nigga. No, I'm saying so like, I, can you can you just reword the question to can anyone be friends with anyone they but find? But that's not the question. Like, yes, you can reword the question, but that's literally not the question for you. So, are you asking us? Can a man oh, be? drunk around someone he has feelings for no can no i'm saying can a man be friends with a woman that he is attracted towards attracted in what way nigga what does attracted mean he finds her sexy and he wants to have sex with her okay well if he wants like <sighs> okay here's, okay. here's the thing because i've heard versions of this question that are a lot broader that are just like, can men and women be platonic friends? And of course- well, that's, that's a very different question than this. Okay, I felt like you were kind of asking the same thing, but now- No, I- no, 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 because I have a lot of female friends. Okay, okay. But I'm not attracted towards Janice. Uh, okay, no, okay, I, I, I felt like you were asking the same thing that I've No, heard. it's not. it's not that same typical ass question. Can men and women be friends? No. Okay. Can a man be friends with a woman he's attracted to? As in, he's attracted towards her, he finds her fine, and he wouldn't mind having sex with her. Yes, because like, okay, if I'm offered something, I might take it, but that doesn't mean like I'm plotting on you or I'm scheming on you or anything like that. No, I to- you know, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. Like, But does she have I'm- a boyfriend? What is that, girl? Quit acting adding all these little extra shit to you like i was trying to figure out like what the fuck are you asking even if if she has a boyfriend but like jacory said if she's offering i'm not thinking about her boyfriend like i don't give a if you're offering your boyfriend has no business with me like that's between you and your boyfriend that's fair yes like I'm not gonna mess up a happy home, but if that home's already in disarray, that's between you and him. But that's that's like different though. You're single. I show sure is. I know. <laughs> we all know. <laughs> I, I show sure is though. Then again, all right. Be right back. Yeah.